Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Welcome to the Shutdown Fullcast. Oh man, haven't put up an episode in like three weeks. Well, we had one last week. But we decided it was super important. Even though, hey, where where will we be tomorrow? We'll all be in... We'll, we'll all be in the same room in New York City, but we decided it was absolutely essential, essential to record over busted-ass non-premium Skype Um the night before instead we've established yes. we've established that recording this podcast in person is oddly uncomfortable because we can see each other so we don't talk over each other and that's not true to this podcast yeah and we also probably you know we're close which i'm pretty confident most of us don't record this podcast in a state of dress that we could just go to the grocery store or something and another problem is how we always come, when we're in person we're recording this, we always come to these like really authentic emotional moments, mm-hmm. you know, and we're all like on the verge of tears That's and right. like expressing we get, we feelings gotta, of deep we gotta, we, gotta, we gotta get it out, you know. We don't really see each other all in the same room all the time, so yeah. you get to, you get to feel that live. That's really uncomfortable though. Yeah, this, so so this way this way we can keep it emotionally safe and yeah. Um, th- oh, this format allows us to embrace the emotional distance that almost all male friendships <laughs> are predicated I upon. I love that. Embrace emotional distance. <laughs> Nothing has ever defined my whole worldview more. <laughs> you should you should cry over there. <laughs> Just put that on my tombstone. You should cry like, over there. Should, it sounds a, it sounds like you're actually getting in touch with something. <laughs> it's okay to cry, just not around me. That's a, also on the other side of the tombstone. That's a bit much. <laughs> that's enough now. That's that's move, enough. Yeah, that's, move, that's a great t- that's move a great along. tombstone. <laughs> That'll do it. 
<laughs> that is. That's an awesome epitaph. Uh, we are we are going to talk about the NFL draft tonight, only in the context of your statements. Yes, readers. Whereas other shows come up with original content that they attempt to put out and have you review or say is good, we thought we would reverse the process and just let you tell us things, and we'll tell you whether they're crap or not. Some of them are good, because what what was asked on the shutdown full cast Twitter account and on Ryan's, uh, send us more bold draft takes, all caps, for this week's shutdown full cast. People, or, we've established that people are much better at asking or at delivering bold takes than they are at asking questions. Our which, audience, at least. Which is true, because... We only ask for these on Twitter and Twitter shit at asking genuine questions. Right. Bold, bold, bold statements. Twitter's good for it, man. You if wanna, you, you, if you get listen these to this, off, go on Twitter. If we don't really have a, a name for our listenership community, probably because like shame prevents people from identifying <laughs> yeah, themselves. <laughs> yeah, you don't but, want labels. But if we if we did have a name for those people, um, they are definitely prone to just. Flagrant conjecture, confidently letting the shit fly, as you know, as opposed to like asking for the wisdom of someone else. I call which them. I, I call that. them the shutdown outcasts. So, no, you could you could call them that, and that would be attaching them to us. I'm just going to call them our Mahomies, our mm-hmm. Mahome girls, because mm-hmm. like Pat Mahomes, <laughs> they just let it fly. That's it. Uh, we're not using that name, but it is NFL draft relevant because damn it, we're going to talk about Pat Mahomes about why your team. He should be drafted twice. That's how much I love Pat Mahomes. Air raid quarterback? Don't care. Maybe undersized? Irrelevant. Does he throw the ball 70 times a game every single week in college and demonstrate an ability to single-handedly keep his hapless, defenseless team somehow close to maybe sort of being in games? Absolutely. See, you're you're being a little exaggerated here, and, and only a little. But this is the exact same logic somebody's going some GM is going to use to be like, fuck it, man, take that kid at seven. Trade up. Let's go get him. Um, uh um, he didn't really grade out that well. You know what? It's not about grades, it's about guts. Um, you could take Mitch Trubisky. Now I'd like you to revisit that statement that you just made. I'm and sorry. consider I'm sorry, I'm not familiar with this player. He's going yeah. by Mitch he's going by Mitchell. <laughs> I'm sorry, Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> Uh, we'll discuss all of this in a moment. I, I do want to bring up, though, we had a pre-show discussion about dad rankings and not necessarily who the best or worst dads were, but whether Jason outranked me on dadness. Because technically, Jason, this is now a three-dad podcast. Ryan being the junior member of the dad crew. I being chronologically the middle <laughs> member and Jason being the senior member of the dad squad. However, I do have two. So um, in terms of total years dadded, yeah, I have now, I've well, now surpassed you. Yeah, in cumulative man hours, you yes. are the, uh, the ranking dad on this vessel. Before you had children, what did you think the ideal spacing between children would be by years? In other words... I have one, and then if we need to have another, we just uh, have them X number of years later. What Before children, what did you think that ideal spacing was? Um, you were like, oh, two years is good. No, four. see, see, I have two siblings, and we're each two years apart, so I'm going to definitely say three, three to four years. 
Two is too okay. close. What would you have thought, Jason? Yeah, that that that's, uh, that sounds about right. My sister and I are a bit too far apart. Um, so, yeah. And also, when I say that, I am my daughter is well past that age, which means I'm saying, "Oh, too late." Guess we're just we're just having the one, <laughs> and that is also that is also fine too. I would have uh, said the same. I would have said eh, two or three years. That's fine. You know, and I will tell you, after having kids, the ideal amount of time to wait before having another one is about 25 years. Yeah. <laughs> if you could wait 25 years on a 200-year lifespan, that would be ideal for having children. I think, I think it's 25 years on a life that will end in 24 years. Right. That would be perfect. <laughs> like, ah, oh, darn, almost made it. Total net worth at death, zero. Total children had, two. <laughs> Expenditures complete. That's how you want to do it. I say this because, uh, Ryan, you mentioned that, yeah, my youngest woke me up at 2.30 a.m. on a weekend of solo dadding while uh, the lady was on a trip out of town. Uh, I, You don't want to say solo dadding. It's just, a, well, all right, it's a week of dadding, right? A weekend of dadding. You don't want yeah. to be the guy. You solo, don't ever... solo dadding makes it sound like you're in the shittiest band in the world. Oh, he's solo, got a solo that dad. Makes, that makes I it wanna... sound like you usually have a group of like four other dads. Mm-hmm. But I want to, right? I want to find some way of saying that I had the kids by myself, but that's not exceptional because I can do that. You don't want to be like, well, I got the kids this weekend. Got to babysit the kids. That's your dad. You should be able to handle that. I you know? do think I do think the next season of Planet Earth should just be about human dads. This dad, <laughs> this dad has wandered away from the pack. This dad, this dad is at the casino. Though, though he thinks, though he thinks he may live to see the morning, he is wrong. <laughs> this father, fresh from an Indian casino. Yeah, that um, at two thirty, I was awakened by. My youngest, who had many questions about pirates, like a lot of questions, like more questions than I thought you could have about pirates at any hour of the day, much less um, at 2.30 in the morning from a four-year-old. He's quite quite curious about him. And I mentioned this on Twitter, and the responses were, uh, were well, what were they? Well, they, they weren't. What, what were they, Ryan? God, uh, Stephen Godfrey is the one I remember best. He said that his son was um, eating pancakes that morning that had sprinkles on them, and he was screaming at the pancakes and calling them beans, either the pancakes or the <laughs> sprinkles. And he said this at around 10 in the morning and said this had been going on since, since 6. Um, so that was fun. And it was just other other unruly sons causing their parents stress and turmoil on what would have been a very nice weekend across most of the United States, I imagine. Just a nation of rowdy, rowdy boys. Rowdy, rowdy, ungovernable boys. Tiny adult sons in every direction. <laughs> now, every, so, every, every daughter sleeping soundly and awaking at a reasonable hour. Reading quietly. Thinking about their futures. With their little hands curled up like a, like a, like a sleeping princess. That's what I figured... People say, well, you know, like, you know, you get all that all back when they're teenagers. I don't know if that's true. I just think at that point we funnel boys into one or another of several channels to expend homicide energy, right? right. Like the urge to brawl, fight, uh, kill, 
otherwise be distracted, disorderly, and disobedient, right? Like, that's like, well, you know, he's he's playing football, isn't he? Yeah, it's great. We put him in pads, and he just gets pummeled and runs for two hours. He gets tired. He gets he tired, gets, yeah. and then he eats a whole cheese pizza. He eats a whole cheese pizza, and then he goes, to, he goes to his room, and he goes to sleep. <laughs> After two two noisy hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, after a full day's after a full day's activities, we put him in pads, or we put him on the soccer field and have him run eight miles in a game, mm-hmm. and then after that, he hangs out with his friends. I would love. This is my favorite thing. Would love to put an adult through a teenager's like day, right? One with activities. Well, this is why. This is why the the original and sequel of Freaky Friday did not involve a dad and teenage son switching bodies because the dad would have just been like, what the hell is all this shit? I'm so fucking tired. <laughs> I'm so tired. And I, the constant boners are exhausting. Uh, well, I think maybe they would have fallen. The teenage son would be the one who was more affected by things. That's because true. Why, right? does every, because why does everything hurt? Why do I know, what, my what joints is... hurt all of the time? Yeah. Hey, you need to go take care of that insurance thing. What's insurance? <laughs> <laughs> Boy, I, I, I tell you, you got to start stretching and eating better. What are you talking about? I had Taco yeah. Bell for breakfast yesterday. <laughs> I had a cheesecake put between two slices of cheesecake at 5.30 p.m. And I felt fine and I will never die. Yeah. <laughs> they also, like, those movies always manage to skip sex, right? Like, they never get to the awkward thing of, like, you're going to have to bone your mom. Like that's wow. You know what? Face yeah, off, no, that's face it. Off that's... Went there. Face off went there. Oh yeah, face off went all the way there, which is why face off is the only movie with integrity in the world. The only honest <laughs> film. Exactly, because you're like they're not going to go there. Oh, they're doing it. Oh, they did. <laughs> Travolta, Travolta, you dirty dog. Uh, yeah. So, with that and the discussion of rowdy, <laughs> rowdy young sons, the rowdy young sons. Watch the segue. Watch. You're going to sprain good. something. Yeah. Watch, this. On this one. Watch this. Watch this. No, no, no. Y'all hold this beer. I'm about to do it. With the rowdy young sons of college football making the turn into adulthood. Oh, some of them. Some of them are being invited. I know. I didn't. I didn't even tap the traffic cone. Not not Ruben Foster. Too rowdy. Yeah, too, no, too rowdy. Too rowdy. Too rowdy. <laughs> He is the rowdiest of sons, and he is coming over tonight. The rowdiest son of them all. Actually, what 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 was it? A little pot, a little weed. I thought I the, thought he just like got into a screaming match at the combine. Wasn't that it? Like it wasn't that, even. It wasn't that was, even. That was what I remember. That he got into it with an employee. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, he was. He was. He was a little rowdy at the combine, but, but like the drug a, thing, a, it, it was. It was probably work. just weed. It, well, according according to, I guess our sister site in a way, Pro Football Talk, um, yeah he he got in a, he got in an altercation with a hospital worker, um, and uh, yeah yeah he did pro- he did also pro- provide a diluted sample at the scouting combine, um, but yeah uh, that was. That was Jabril, Jabril Peppers, right? Who overhydrated? But, or was uh, it, both, was both, it, of both of them were the same. Both but this is a very prepared podcast. Yeah, we were, as you can tell, all things draft. We're ready. Mock draft. Number one, the Browns have that pick. I know that. Number two, 
It's not the Browns. It's some other team. Number four is the Jags. I know that because I follow a lot of Jacksonville fans on Twitter and they hate every conceivable pick. It's wonderful. Yeah, you can make no good picks if you're the Jacksonville Jaguars. And frankly, based on the history of the franchise, this is a very, very logical stance. So bravo to you, Jacksonville Jaguars fans. For one, maintaining a real love for a team that deserves no love and has given you nothing over the years. And two, for, I don't know, just go back to one. It's an amazing thing that you this even is, still care. This, it's a remake of that Brian McKnight song, but it's very short. Very, very short. One, <laughs> your team is shit forever. Two, no, no, circle no. back and to you, one. Listen, listen. And then you pick back at one. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Except they never do. The Jags are, I can't remember the last time the Jags were bad enough to get the number one pick. They always are like, oh, yeah, that's number the three. Part, is they, they actually haven't. They were even an expansion team, and they still haven't. They, yeah. they, they are the New York Knicks of the NFL at this point. Uh, and I'm sorry, Jags- I, feel, I feel bad saying. Oh God, yeah. Jags tape. Okay, so we should begin reviewing some of these hot takes. Yes, let's. Because we have a lot of them, and frankly, the, uh, the 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 commentary came through, and they came through hard. Can I start with one? Yes, please. I would love it. From uh, well, this is kind of our. Um, this is an annual topic, and it's it's a good transition for this allegedly college football program. Uh, from Avian Dentures on Twitter, Zach Cunningham is this year's iteration of awesome college player who falls too far in the draft. He cites previous examples: Tyler Lockett, Barrett Jones, Russell Wilson. Uh, every year we look for this player who you know we have no idea why the NFL doesn't like this guy. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater would be another. Um, Zach Cunningham, the Vanderbilt linebacker who made a ton of big plays and a ton of mundane plays and is is, is just good at sports, uh, isn't really thought of as being one of the very top linebackers. And in our, we did a post a week or two ago where we all sort of we all ranked our top five uh, um, like draft crushes, and Bill C had Zach Cunningham number one, and Bill C is smarter than I am, so that's probably the right answer. Yeah, also, I just think this, the rule of the draft for me is if you have a player, like the very simple rule of the draft, is if you have a player from a team like Vanderbilt, and college get people all know the name and go, oh, that dude, at least put him on the board. I'm not saying put him at the top, but you got to think about that. We'll call this the Tyler Lockett rule, okay? Because if you'll remember, Tyler Lockett, successful wide receiver with the Seattle Seahawks now. He was at Kansas State. And when it came out, Tyler Lockett, uh, people were like, oh, man, you know, people should really, like, consider drafting him. And and who does this all the time? And who got him? Pete Carroll. Because Pete Carroll is so good at drafting that dude. You go, oh, they got that dude? Oh, man. He's going to be great. So Zach Cunningham, superb one-on-one tackler, part of that defense. And you know his name even though he played at Bandy. Scouting's easy. Take it. Yeah, name name another Vanderbilt player besides Aaron Rodgers' brother. You can't. There never happened. You don't. You know can't even name Zach, Zach Stacy, right? Did I do it? You can't even name yeah. Aaron Rodgers' brother. You have to call him Aaron right. Rodgers' brother. That, that Aaron Rodgers' brother. He took a he took a picture without his shirt on. My my choice was Deshaun Watson, who is somehow not not the number one quarterback, um, because oh I don't know he tore up Nick Saban twice along with a bunch of other stuff. Um, 
And I think I had Dalvin Cook number two. But Zach Cunningham, sure. I kind of like there. There are like a couple of Auburn defensive linemen I feel like could go here, just because. You know, when we paid it, whether it's Montrevious Adams or Carl Lawson, I feel like when we paid attention to Auburn this season, that was not the side of the ball that got a lot of attention. But that defense was good, and it was largely because of those guys. And I don't know. I think I think they could be overlooked a bit. I don't know if it's going to be catastrophically so. I also think um, I don't know if Desmond King should get penalized or not for go- coming back to Iowa for another year when he did, but. He he's alive. He survived it. That has to count for something. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's true. And you know, the other thing too is that you know you you count as like three draft picks for Iowa, because if you get drafted out of Iowa, Iowa it's basically like three draft picks because you know they'll be like, man, Kirk Ferentz just continues to like pump out NFL talent. It's I mean, entirely uh, possible that that Desmond King is falling in draft. It has fallen in draft rankings because people see Iowa. And they assume offensive line, and then they look at him, and he's well, he's way too small. I mean, come on, are you kidding me here? <laughs> he says it's actually not his position. Shut up, he, shut he up. Can't, he is... can't even play guard. Much uh, this is just ridiculous. Third round at best. I mean, there's things that you know, like initially the reaction from a college fan looking at how they create things in the draft. You kind of evaluate things. You go, oh, well, that's very stupid, and that's very silly. Over the years. You might become a little kinder, a little, a little, not a lot. Okay. But you definitely understand some things, right? For instance, I really do get when they like the way they draft quarterbacks now because no one can draft a quarterback. No one. It's complete luck. Like, I don't know. (laughs) The guy who's won more Super Bowls than uh, anyone, like in recent history at quarterback is uh, what? Have we reduced him to like 28th rounder? In the Tom Brady mythology, he's yeah, he he's was um, a sixth he, rounder, but um, taken right 20, taken a few picks after Spurgon win. Yeah, so that's Spur Spurgeon, like Spurgeon. I, you know what? He doesn't deserve a right name. Nah, I think his name is Spurgon now. That's pretty good. <laughs> Spurgon, Morlock Spurgon. Yeah, it's mostly um, <laughs> it's mostly good to look at drafts though because. You know, the the thing that I think both NFL and college media cannot say during a draft, you can say it's bad for any one position. You can say it's not a great wide receiver class. It's not a great uh, linebacker class. You, it, it, There's something that just stops us from saying this is a bad quarterback class. But in 2013, I'm going to read you every quarterback that was taken in the draft that year. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. E.J. Manuel, Geno Smith, Mike Glennon, Matt Barkley, Ryan Nassib, Tyler Wilson, Landry Jones, Brad Sorensen out of Southern Utah, Zach Dysert, Mm -hmm. B.J. Daniels, Sean Renfrey. That's every quarterback that got taken the entire that entire draft four Mm -hmm. years, not even that long ago. So, like, you can look at we listen. God knows we've made so much fun of the Bills for taking E.J. Manuel with a first-round pick when E.J. Manuel's college coach was telling them that was a bad idea. But look at the re- listen to the rest of that list. There is nobody else that if they said, we want to go quarterback, there were, there were no better options. There was nothing that was going to be like, oh, well, you missed on this guy. They were all shit. They were all bad. The best guy on this list is probably Mike Glennon, 
a guy who barely played with Tampa, and now the Chicago Bears fans have to be excited about him. Yeah, there are bad years for quarterbacks, and this, I mean, this isn't a great one. I think the last year that we would call a really good year for quarterbacks was like Mariota Jameis. Yeah, but even yeah. that's a pro- I mean, I mean, Trevor Simeon, I guess, has panned out pretty well as far as seventh round picks go. But yeah, there are a lot of years. It just there's nothing. It's a it, the well is very very shallow. Yeah, every, I think every- I think this year it's short on it's short on first round quarterbacks. But I think we have a lot of third round quarterbacks. <laughs> like in my opinion, Deshaun Watson, that's a first rounder. But you know, if if you think he's more of a second, okay, fine. Um, everyone seems to just agree Trubisky is a first rounder. I don't know why. I don't. I don't. I don't hate the idea as much as I thought I would after, you know, looking at the numbers a bit more like him in the first. Okay. Yeah, sure. If you want, but like in the second and third rounds, I see a lot of decent quarterbacks. So I just wouldn't put in the first. I don't think anyone gets to take credit for like raising quarterbacks ever again. I just don't like that's, that's the end result of all this for me. When somebody says, yeah, I mean that guy really that guy really knows how to pick quarterbacks at the NFL level. Like, yeah, that's cool. You know, I won five out of six hands of roulette last time I was in Vegas. You know what I did after that? I, I walked away. Like that's that's what you do. Like if you manage to pick like two or three successful quarterbacks as a GM, retire. Like Scott, Scott McLuhan, retire, bitch. Like John Elway, retire, bitch. <laughs> John Elway, retire, bitch. You need to walk out. Cause guess what? You got lucky. You got really, really, really lucky because, again, it's basically a crapshoot. And no one wants to admit that, which is why I'm going to make so much fun of Mitchell Trubisky tonight. But after he wins three Super Bowls, now that I've done that, I'll admit, yeah, why not? Sure. He could be just as successful as anybody else because it's a matter of luck and landing in the right situation. Uh, Do you have a take, Ryan? Uh, This one comes from Dan at Dan. On Twitter. Draft order should be determined by each team sending one active player to the combine and scoring it like a decathlon. I love this idea because it gives the combine meaningful stakes because as of now, yeah, the combine has some stakes, but everybody knows a, the, you know, players can opt in and out of whatever drills they want to. And B, they're probably going to do either some of those drills or the drills that they don't do at their team's pro day, uh, their college team's pro day. Here's the one tweak I would make to this. I do think we should keep some sense of the worst teams have a better chance involved here. And so I think if you finish with the worst record in the league, you get to send 32 guys to the combine, this combine decathlon competition. If you finish, if you win the Super Bowl, you only get to send one guy. But technically... You still have a chance if you are the Patriots this year. I don't know if anybody, you know, don't not, not who is to say who won that Super Bowl? No one remembers. Um, yeah, that's, no, it's irrelevant. That's, that's the, the way. That, don't worry about it. Um, that's the way that I think draft order should be determined. Um, just because it it can still, it's sort of a mixture of the NBA's lottery system, which is great because sometimes you get teams that super tank and it doesn't pay off for them. And also, um, man, it's it's going to be really, really bad when you realize that the bad teams also have guys who can't win this decathlon because they are on bad teams and therefore talent poor. Well, 
I think the beauty of this idea is it opens up a roster spot for just an athlete who maybe is good at football, maybe he's not. And it, you know, you can have just your designated combine, combine yeah. ringer, mm-hmm. like a guy like Jarek McKinnon, who I think is of the Vikings now. He's a good football player. You know, he's 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 gotten some carries in the league and all that. He's got a role, but imagine how valuable this dude would be if he could, you know, move you, guarantee you a top ten pick every year. Like this was the running back who not only is he fast and all that, he also. Uh, benched more than a bunch of linemen uh and you know it has i think he's top 20 in basically everything every running back drill ever um or you get like a dontari poe who is 346 pounds and also was able to crack uh the fours and the you, you these dudes would see their value go up you know if they're good at football great if not it's just your that's you know you just when you know when you see that signing oh shit that's the combine guy I would like to piggyback off this to a question from or a statement from our colleague John Boyce, if that's okay. I know I'm being selfish. Yeah, yeah, yeah go ahead. John had this one ready to go. Like we put we put this question this call for hot takes up and John was on it. Um quote John, there shouldn't be a draft. League wide parody is for losers. I agree with the second part of his statement that league wide league wide parody is for losers. But I disagree with the premise that the draft somehow eliminates or or creates that parity. And here's why. If you really wanted the draft to create a – to sort of equalize things out, this is what you would say. You would say, okay, um, Cleveland, you're the worst team this year. You get 10 draft picks. Um, You know, uh, Green Bay, you were pretty good this year, so you only get four draft picks. You wouldn't give everybody the same number of draft picks because even though you're giving people sort of like an advantage by giving them an earlier position, you're still saying, okay, well, this assumes that all of you are equally good at identifying talented players who can fit in to your team. The ones who are on the bottom have already proven that they can't do that. So this is sort of like if you were playing chess against a grandmaster and he said, here, you know what we'll do for parody? You can go first. Nope. Just just a different way for you to fuck yourself over. That's all it is. The The draft doesn't create parody. It exposes the lack thereof because we get to see the bad teams be bad right out the gate while the good teams, the Seattles and the New Englands, and the Atlantas of the world are all like, no, we're going to make good choice. I'm trying to be nice here. I'm really trying. I appreciate that, Ryan. <laughs> Thank you. They, they, they can say, no, I'm going to trade down or out of the first round altogether or just make good choices. Um, yeah, Buffalo, what do you want to do, Sammy Watkins? Yeah, go, go nuts. That, yeah, that's probably, that's probably what you needed. And, and also, um, whenever the Browns fuck up, it costs a lot more money because, hey, you picked in the top five. And the Packers or whatever, they pick 30th. Yep. Yeah, the Browns get to write the biggest, dumbest checks. I mean, just just consistently. Like, not just dumb. We're going to write a big, dumb check. If anything, if anything, having an early draft pick is a potential, pe- like a tax penalty of sorts. Where it's like, hey, you fucked this up. It's going to cost you big time. And it used to be so much worse. Like, they, they've fixed it now. But man, go look at how much money Sam Bradford made off that Rams contract. It is just... Diabolical. Diabolical. Good job, Sam Bradford. Who says that Oklahoma education don't get you places? (laughs) (laughs) 
I uh, I would agree we should get rid of the draft. We never will. It's a it's a huge TV event that makes a lot of money, um, and it allows the league to uh, exact control over the player acquisition process and all that. But I mean, it would it would, it would be better if there was just free agency right out of the gate. Um, like you see you see players who uh, are in the seventh round, just openly hoping they don't get picked so they can so they can choose the best spot for themselves. I mean, recruiting works perfectly in college football. Everyone would agree. No flaws yes. in that system. Yes, just, it is. Just spread and, that and, everywhere. And it works perfectly because, you know, it totally respects the control of players to make their own choices, as we all know. Uh-huh. As yeah, we all know. It's all about it's, self-determination, 100%. Big, big on athlete agency. Yep. <laughs> Very. I, I have one. It is uh, it's a math problem. But it's one that we're going to entertain because we're just going to make up the numbers. It's from Jeff Calderwood, who the name he has on Twitter is at Pantryman32. <laughs> I don't know why that's funny. It just is. Man, that's, you know, not all of Batman's villains can be the best or the scariest. Pantryman. Pantry Man. <laughs> you did your best. I'm in here. I'm very familiar with crowded <laughs> goods. I'm eating all your wheat thins, Cape Crusader. <laughs> you come in here and fight me. Like a man. Bring, like a pantry man. There right? are moths in here. Bring cheese from the fridge, please. There's no way Harry Potter could have slept in here. Pantry Man 32, <laughs> which means that there's 31 other pantry mans. I don't know. More of these volunteers, as in Tennessee, will become pro bowlers than Crimson Tiders, as in switch to bowling and become <laughs> technically professional. Well, um, that their would, odds their odds might be better. That would be a better use of Josh Dobbs's uh, skills in physics, probably, right? Yeah, I mean, he's got a rocket scientist, so he's you know science degree, so he's got all those angles lined up. Yeah, I mean, if you can, if you're smart enough to figure out how to get a rocket to leave the earth's gravitational pull and return without blowing up man you should be able to bowl 300 no problem right oh listen he's got that in the bag or you could just tell Derek barnett that the pins were talking shit about his mom (laughs) just goes flying down the lane (laughs) Derek barnett's good y'all we can talk about him a little more but he to me is like he's a prime example of Dude who was amazing in college, who will probably be solid in the NFL for a real long time, and who will never at any combine or uh, evaluating process put up numbers that would uh, pop anyone's eyes. Because I don't know, and I can't tell. I can tell you straight up, I don't know why he's good. I don't. He was always in the right place, and he always hit hard. I never knew how he got there. You know, like Buda Baker. If you watch Buda Baker, the Washington safety, on tape. Oh my God! Like he, when I saw him at the at the uh, the semifinal, right for the college football playoff, he's just startling. He's startling coming up. Like he would come downhill, and you'd go, "Somebody's just either him, someone stranger, random person in the crowd. Someone's getting hurt." He just came downhill with such violence. And Derek Barnett doesn't work like that. Derek Barnett, you'd go, mm, "I don't know. It's just this." kind of big tortoise shuffling around and oh my god somebody got blown up <laughs> like tortoise got somebody again he just uh, he was always in the right place 
He had a great, I guess what Draftniks would call football IQ. I'd just say he's real smart. Uh, understood flow, understood assignments. Really good. Physically dominant. Not super flashy. Like the exact opposite of that. I think sometimes that cheats guys on tape. I just want to say that about Derek Barnett in the middle of a, figuring out whether you had a better chance of being a pro bowler or a, a, an NFL player. I'm going to go pro bowler. I think you got a better shot at doing that. Jason, you got one? Yeah, uh, from Sam Donnelly on Twitter. I think this is another, like the decathlon, decathlon idea. I think we should do this. Every team should be banned from drafting any quarterback until Colin Kaepernick has a contract. Why would we try? Why why are we why are we drafting these new quarterbacks when we have a perfectly good one sitting right there that no one has signed? Like okay, okay. we we we've seen him. Uh, I mean, I, we 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 know why. Like, like we'll just just whisper among friends. We 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 know the answer. He doesn't have an NFL contract. But let's just expose that by saying if you want to draft a quarterback, first you have to talk someone else into signing Colin Kaepernick. Here's why I really like this. Jay Cutler's agent today. I think unprompted because I really don't remember seeing this like bubbling around as potential news. Came out with a statement affirming that Jay Cutler is not trying to retire. <laughs> <laughs> he just looks tired. He just looks tired, y'all. Which, which, like, like he's, going to, he's going to accidentally retire. <laughs> which is it's just it's just the scene. It's just the scene from um, Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Jay Cutler is not dead yet. He would like you to know that. I'm not owned. I'm not owned. Jay Cutler post Jay, Jay Cutler post pictures of him butt ass naked standing out looking at the beach, and his agent's like, "Oh, we, we got to tell oh, people he's, he's, he's serious tell, about football." Oh, he's still in this thing. We got to tell people he gives a fuck. One, just one that he went to the store and bought. Right? Like, what do you need? Oh, I need a fuck. Okay, that'll be this much here. Go. We'll wrap it in a paper bag for you. Hand it to your agent. He'll take a photo of it. Tell everybody. Yes, I still care. Why would you believe that? Why would you say I still care? Why would you say you have to say care first? <laughs> like that's Jay Cutler's whole thing was that he had the most like brilliant arm in the NFL and in the SEC. By the way, like Jay Cutler made that Vanderbilt team a threat by himself, and 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 never cared. That's your gift. Steer into that. Don't dodge that. That's your thing. And there are NFL cities where that can work. Absolutely. Like, I think you can be... San Diego would be great. Well, well, yeah, that doesn't work anymore. But, like, I think you can be the backup for the Titans and not care, right? Uh, uh, Sure, sure. I mean, you could... You could coach the Titans and not care. You could could. could probably start for the Jets and not care. Yeah. No, I mean, like... Tennessee had one good quarterback. That's all they get. They got Peyton Manning at Tennessee. They got Steve McNair at the Titans. That's it. That's all they ever get. Wow. They're is, done. So you can, is, yeah, you could be the starter. I feel, why would you say that about Marcus Mariota? That's so hurtful. And, <laughs> and like, and like, going to play somewhere else. And like a year and a half of Vince Young too. God. Did, did, did you forget that uh, Marcus Mariota plays there? Spencer? Did I forget that Billy Bullock played there? <laughs> I mean, it's okay if you did, because I think the Titans, no one can ever remember anything about them. They're like, no, they're like know. the Oregon State or NC State of the NFL. That's like, that's why the movie title is especially cruel. 
You know yes. my, my, my my secret. Literally hope for Mar- cannot remember the Titans. My seat. My my secret hope for Marcus Mariota, who I refuse to believe has to play in Nashville or play for that franchise, because he's lovely and he was an amazing college player. Like like really underrated. I know people like oh he got a Heisman and oh he was like amazing. No, go back and look at that season. It's nuts. It's it's probably the second most prolific. If not first, depending on how you measure a prolific statistical season in college football history by a quarterback. Can we people... can we swap him and Russell Wilson? Is that mean? I just that's feel... my I, no. You actually read you actually read my mind. My hope was <laughs> that Russell Wilson would suffer some kind of not painful, but like I don't know, like he gets to lose Frank fracture, and he's like, oh, I'd rather just chill for products and be a senator, right? Like because that's what. <laughs> That's what Russell Wilson's going to do. He's going to go gain like 50 pounds and be like a politician or sell things, right? And that's fine. He can go, he and Sierra can go off and have like this magnificent family life and and eventually like slowly ruin our country by becoming a congressman. That would be awesome. Um, he can go do that and Mariota just takes over the Seahawks. Wow. Oh. And, oh. and then 50 pound plus, 50 pound gained U.S. Senator Russell Wilson decides, you know what? I'm going to lace it up for the Titans. Screw it. Yeah, I'm out of retirement. I'm gonna play for the Titans. You're then he 40, really gets it. Then he really gets injured. I regret nothing. Nano bubbles. I mean, he's from he's from uh, close to Appalachia. That's fine. He can come home. Come on, come on home. I would. I have a question, by the way, yeah. that I would like to uh, uh, take. Phew, close. At JJ Ringer, Jason Ringer. Be a good name for a website. They should really start that. JJ? No, Ringer. Oh. I already bought JJ.com. Sorry. Dang it. Am I checking Case. to see what that is? Yes. And it's Johnson & Johnson. Sorry. Oh, yeah. Well, you, you own that anyway. <laughs> cool. KC should never draft a quarterback in the first round. Because the, quote, haven't drafted a QB in the first round since Todd Blackledge, unquote, will just get funnier. Okay. I want to talk about Kansas City for a minute. Oh, boy. Uh, its own little universe. As the Thorman brothers, who work at SB Nation and Vox Media, are fond of saying, it's, you know, it's about that lazy river lifestyle. It's its own little Zubaz-wearing, barbecue-inferiority uh, complex-having part of the universe. And the Kansas City Chiefs are, like, the center of the world there, which is the weirdest thing to me because the Kansas City Chiefs have given them exactly nothing in return. What did they get? Like Priest Holmes. You got to watch Priest Holmes like turn and burn for four or five years. And that's it as far as like 20 to 21st century, uh, you know, kicks for the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, that and that and you had a really good kickoff and punt returner. That's about it. And I know all of this because John Boyce has educated me on the misery and mediocrity and meaninglessness of being a Kansas City Chiefs fan. Now, I want to review... People that the Kansas City Chiefs have actually taken in the in the draft at quarterback. I'm warning you. It's a panoply, a plethora, a smorgasbord of that dude? Yeah, that dude. It's like they pre-made leftovers, right? <laughs> like are we, are, are we gonna have man, are, are we gonna are we gonna like have dinner for draft? Yeah, but it's dinner that I've made to taste like leftovers. New leftovers. They're new to you. But they're not leftovers. Yeah, but they taste like leftovers from the start. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep going until like, you know, I'm gonna go back until this becomes 
painful beyond recognition. 2016, okay. in the fifth round, they draft Kevin Hogan out of Stanford. 2015, nah, just pass on it. 2014, in the fifth, again, the magical fifth round where all QB greatness lies. They draft Aaron Murray. Aaron Murray, outstanding quarterback at the University of Georgia. Not someone that anyone thought would come into the pro game and blow doors. I don't think he's thrown a pass in the NFL. I'm not 100%. No, no, no. no. I'm seeing the club trillion on his stat line here. (laughs) The full club trillion. We got zero, zero. Aaron Murray, if you're still picking up a paycheck, way to go, dude. Yes, he was signed. He was signed with the LA Rams on March 23rd of this year. Way to go, dude! Keep it up. You are playing the ideal NFL career. No contact, <laughs> no harm, no damage. Uh, then uh, 2013 and 2012, 700 days and change passed without them drafting a quarterback. Just nah, nah. Um, and that that streak could go even longer. In fact. If you continue from the selection of Aaron Murray in 2014, if we go all the way down and skip the year 2011, the Chiefs do not take a quarterback from the year 2006 when they select Brody Croyle out of Alabama. Which, man, why are you taking a quarterback out of Alabama? (laughs) That says something alone right there. But from 2006, yeah. if we take 2011, yeah, when they draft Ricky Stanzi, and again, the fifth round. Do they just hit the fifth round every three years? And they're like, I don't know. Go get a white guy. Now, no, but let's be fair. Let's be fair to the Chiefs. They don't need to draft a quarterback to get one who's successful. For instance, they have Alex Smith. He's the starter. He's been fine. And... On the roster, uh, I believe still, Tyler Bray. Tyler Bray. They do have T. Bray on the roster. <laughs> Who uh, has an amazing arm, y'all. Like, he really does. Talk about arm talent. Boy's got arm talent. You want to talk about his other assets? Let's talk about his arm talent. Boy's got arm talent. Got so much arm talent. But that's it. That's it. In the 21st century. This the, is the 21st century. This is the, the ch- last this is the last sentence of Tyler Bray's Wikipedia page. The last section is professional career. It has his pre-draft measurables, says that he wasn't drafted, that the Chiefs signed him 2013, he played a little bit on the the uh in the preseason and made the roster. 2014 injured reserve. This is the last sentence. In January 2015, Bray tore an ACL, and on September 1st, 2015, the Chiefs put Bray on the non-football injury list. You don't have to do a lot for somebody in the world to say, I will update your Wikipedia page. And in two-plus years, Tyler Bray has not done that even little bit to get somebody to say, like, yeah, let's put in literally anything about what happened to him in 2016. Nope, not necessary. (laughs) One thing! So I just want to point out, in the 21st century, it's not just that the Chiefs haven't drafted any, a quarterback in the first round. It's just that they. It's not just that they haven't drafted a quarterback in the second round. It's that in 2006, they're like, all in on Brody Croyle in the third. And after that, no higher than the fifth. Not back-to-back years. Not even other, every other year. Burned. They're done. 
the quarterback position, strictly going to Craigslist for it. Let's do this very bold take from Caleb at Dog from Canton. A team will draft a different player than the one they really wanted just to spite someone who leaks their choice early. I am so confident somebody has done this before that some pissed off GM has been like, oh, fucking Schefter tipped our pick again. You know what? Go get the guy we definitely didn't want. Show that motherfucker that he can't mess with me. I I absolutely believe this is something a rich man has done cutting off his nose to spite his own face. I don't know what player that is. I am willing to believe that it may have been Ted Gibb. <laughs> hmm. You look looking pretty suspect there, Ted Gibb. <laughs> I don't know if it would be it would be Schefter exactly because they all like they all use him as like their uh he's like the the prison telephone like Right. They all use him as like the tell so and so I said whatever, but like what about like a Lockhand Fora or a Jay Glazer or something sure, like that? Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, you're things. right. Glazer is much better for this. That's true. And and I if if we're, if 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 there were a college corollary, I know Nick Saban would do this, and he would tell him he's doing. You in the press, you 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 you, you try to spread these rumors about you, you, about you, me you, about you, me about me drafting Dalvin Cook. You think uh, you know? Uh, you think you know who our starting quarterback is? Well, guess what? It's the kicker now. He's starting. That's how I run this team. You don't. You're the media. You like to start these rumors that I'm going to draft the player whose name I just wrote down on the card in front of me. The Coke bottle starts shaking on the podium, a <laughs> and you don't you don't wait. Out. You don't wait for the full story because you don't respect the process. The process doesn't end with writing on the card. It ends with the commissioner reading it, but you don't respect that. You don't respect your mother. Maybe either. I'll just maybe I'll just pass on my damn pick. I'm I'm slapping the I'm slapping the, the You're doing this you, you're doing this right. Both of you are doing this I really the hands well. Hands moving, flailing. Yeah. Hey re- hey remember what? when the, when the, when the Vikings did that? <laughs> <laughs> Mike, the you mean the best George. moment, the best moment in draft history when yeah. meathead of all meatheads, Mike Tice, I, totally I, passed on his draft pick. But here's so so I bring this up because there are people who don't remember this, and I think it's important that we remind them that. So so Spencer, how do you remember this happening? I want to I want to see I want to test your memory a little bit. Okay. How I remember it happening without looking a single thing up prior to this podcast. I remember the clock ticking. I remember a routine amount of patter and banter up until the Vikings were about two minutes out from the clock. And then there was a heightened nervousness, a few inquisitive (laughs) from Berman. And then you got into that like 30 second range. And I believe Mel Kuyper at the time was like, I don't think they're getting in a draft pick. And then they didn't get in a draft pick. Yeah. <laughs> um, so there's the, it gets even better. So this is back. I, I don't, I think the, what is the draft? You get 10 minutes now for your, for your choices at the time. The first round. Yeah. At the time you got 15. So they actually had 50% <laughs> more time to do this. Now, Part of why this didn't happen is that they were discussing a trade with the Ravens um, when their pick elapsed. And what happens when you miss a pick in the NFL draft is that you are then allowed to make it at any ensuing time. So technically, even though their pick was up, if they, I think, if they had submitted a card before 
the next team that was up was Jacksonville. Um, if they had submitted a card before Jacksonville had, their pick would have been honored. It just would have been sort of like a first to the podium kind of deal. Jacksonville beat them to that punch. That's the draft pick in uh, 2003 where they picked Byron Lethwich. Things did not end there because not only did Jacksonville beat them, Carolina got a pick in too. So they didn't have their shit to like at some point you just say like, well, fuck it. We got to pick some, someone, anybody. They got passed over by two picks and this was with the number seven pick. I don't have a draft board in front of me, but just, I'm just trying to imagine what you, you would have gotten to trade down two picks in the NFL draft. And I'm guessing it probably would have been like, what, a fourth rounder or something? Something Probably more than that, I think, in the first round. Yeah, you'd get something of decent value, but the Vikings just let the clock fuck. It is, it was the best, it's the best moment in draft history. I know, you know, Brady Quinn looking sad at the table, but that was something completely out of his control. The Vikings watched the clock tick down and then let two teams go ahead of him. Like, how do you not even have the card ready to go and just say, okay, Baltimore, no trade, we're just, uh, last chance, last, last chance, last, last chance, last, 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 nope, oh shit, Jacksonville's picking, well, um, shit, uh, somebody check the rule book, what, Carolina picked, I, there was, uh, <laughs> it was beautiful, it was just fucking beautiful. I think my favorite two things about that are, like, the the next two teams both looking like hungry jackals like oh shit <laughs> we're about to jump up in the order here we go get ready like they got their whoever the guy who runs the card to the table he's in like sprinter stance waiting on the ravens to officially or the the vikings to officially fuck up uh-huh um and then the other part is the ravens did this too in a different year and nobody remembers it the ravens yeah, missed a pick they did and it. They we don't remember it, it. like they blamed it on like a trade that didn't you know it was a confusing trade situation or whatever but like john harbaugh Looks like a, a, a smart guy. Mike Tice doesn't look like a smart guy. Therefore, we only remember the Vikings fucking up. That's true. The Baltimore one also happened later in the draft when people weren't paying attention. I do want to add one last last bit of color here. So, in 2003, when Minnesota fucked up picking 7th, it's because Baltimore was considering trading with them. They wanted the Vikings to trade down to number 10. Because, Bal- because Minnesota, rather fuck this pick up and let two teams pass them they missed this trade and they ended up picking at number nine with no compensation whatsoever can we rehire mike tice just to run something <laughs> where is he let's find out do you do either of you have a guess as to where mike tice is yeah oh my um, god let me let me just say all right fine i'll let you both guess we'll go from there well, first of all, I'm just going to guess that he is still in the league. Correct. That he, he, yes, because no one ever loses their job in the NFL. Since yes, since losing, since being dismissed as head coach of the Minnesota Vikings after the 2005 season, he has been employed continuously in some capacity. Did he ever return to his alma mater, Maryland? He did not. Hmm, Got to get on that, Terps. He, he um. Right now, he's the offensive line coach of the Oakland Raiders, which sure, that's fine. Um, that's, here's that's, the here's the unfortunate here's the unfortunate part. I'm going to send you both right now in our Skype chat. I want you to please click on that link and look at the Wikipedia photo for Mike Tice. 
Yeah, that's good. Remember Wikipedia, you know, you got to use those. Nice. You got to use user submitted and or public photos. And this is a shot of him in a, apparently what seems to be a Atlanta Falcons. He did Just coach for the Falcons for apparently a coached our, Yeah, he apparently coached our line in 2014. I have zero recollection of he this. Looks you... like, he looks like he's smuggling a roast Oh, beef. wait, he was on, wasn't he? He was on Hard Knocks, wasn't he? I believe he was, yes. Jason, you're a Falcons fan. You didn't know he actually coached for them, right? Completely forgot. And if not for yeah. Hard Knocks, I have no memory of it at all. Go Terps! Yeah, I would also uh, point you to this delightful part of Mike Tice's bio. During Mike's time with Seattle, his teammates referred to his eating style as Mike Tice's lunch out in a humorous parody <laughs> of the then popular video game Mike Tyson's punch out. <laughs> What I like about that, it's just that he kept getting to the last course and losing. I had a big bowl of chili, and I uh, didn't remember first... to sit my Oh, you gotta, you gotta hit dessert when it blinks. That's the key. This one is way too fucking easy, but once you get to the one where it's spinning around in front of you, that's the one that's really hard. Like, the the, the last one, eh, it's not all that hard as they make it out to be. You just, do, you just know the pattern that the pasta is coming to you. Once you know the pattern, you're good. The one that is really hard is this, the spinning curry dish. That is the hardest dish on the entire game, and it should be last. Not in the middle. Is there one more take that could bring? Oh, us? oh, oh, shit! Oh, shit! You want takes? You want? Yeah. Okay, I got, I got one. I got one. From uh, from Van Newell on Twitter: Cleveland trades their number one pick for a coach. That coach is Bill Belichick, who then swindles the Browns by trading himself back to New England. <laughs> uh, the Browns, of course, did have Bill Belichick and cut him loose, and New England took him. That happened in real life, um, or the. Who was it? Was it? It was the Jets or something like that, right? Which, which story are you referring to now? When, when Belichick left the Browns, did he um, go straight to the Pats? Well, he, uh, I believe the story was he agreed to take the Jets job and then within 24 hours resigned on a cocktail napkin. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Whatever. Whatever the most dashing caper would be. But um, a lot of we, – we got a lot of takes about how much ass the Browns suck. And, you know, that's that's fair. That's that's valid if you look at their history. It's, it's bad. Um, they're the punchline for a reason. But I liked their draft last year. That's that's not a cool thing to say that you like something the Browns did. I like their coach. I think he's done good things at other. Hugh Jackson has done good things at other places, um, and they have so many picks this year that it would be hard for even the Browns to fuck up. And I say that knowing full well that uh, yes, my Falcons sent them five draft picks and they made basically nothing of it. Um, but I think you look at who they drafted last year. It looks like a damn all conference team. Um, and this year they'll get Miles Garrett, who I think is good enough for a number one pick. You know, not not a no doubter, but good enough. They'll get a they'll get a decent quarterback, and they'll get like nine or ten other players. Like they're the they do the Belichick thing where they just trade down and hoard picks, and that's probably going to work someday, maybe. Yeah, it will, never, it's the it, it will never work. It's the Browns. It's the Browns. They don't remember. The Browns are the only team I know of whose owner was actually under active FBI investigation. And if we can double up and link this to our own universe, 
remember who he is a booster for. That'd be that'd, that'd be the University of Tennessee. That's mm-hmm. correct. God, but Butch, jo- Butch Jones is gonna dominate this job. Just dominate it. <laughs> Let's see. Doctrinaire, yes. Boring, yes. Terrible haircut, check. Right? Uh, probably going to top out at winning eight or nine games, maybe. Yep, there we go. Kind Done. of, kind of looks like a dog already. Yeah. Yeah. Though we're 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 already here. Their mask in the Browns mask, like they don't have a mascot, but like they've got the, the, you know, the brown helmet and they've got the bulldog. But then they also have the little elf person, which is just like a short, short white guy. Sort of sort of like a Keebler elf who who has been uh, on a a prison, prison fasting diet type thing. What do you call it? Hunger strike. That's the one. I'm very lucid. Just a short white guy. Butch Jones. Um, I got to say. Cleveland Browns uh, head coach Butch Jones not going to make the Bama could beat Cleveland argument <laughs> at that point we say okay fine fine let's let's have this debate okay but but <laughs> Cleveland will be leading after three quarters so there's that <laughs>